Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpanito, your features editor. Ian Rotten, editor-in-chief. Rutledge Doggett, site founder. Andrew Stretch, word editor. Indeed, that's what we all do sometimes. Uh, welcome to the new year. It's uh, it's 2022, you know, it's ready for some new games, cool stuff to see. And uh, I hope February is going to be a pretty banging month. January is a little slow, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the games we've been playing later on in this episode. But first, let's get into some news. PlayStation VR 2 was just announced at CES. Uh <laughs> We got a little cat in the background there. Um, we don't have any release window or anything like that yet. All we know is that it is happening. Uh, all the specs are out there if you're curious, but essentially the first launch title they've revealed is that Horizon, Horizon something of the wild, Call of the Forest? Call of the that? Mountain. Call of the Mountain. Mountain. Yeah, Call you the mountain. dummy. Gosh, how can you not remember that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. How's everybody here feeling about the VR too? I mean, it seems pretty sweet. Yeah. I mean, for people that want it on PlayStation, it seems like a, a great new addition. Um, it, I mean, oh yeah. It's, this is, if, if VR is going to become a more mainstream thing, this is exactly how it's going to happen. It's going to be a console first. Yeah. PC is just too complicated to deal like with. A whole paycheck too. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot, but like if this is exactly where it's going to start. And I mean, PSVR had cool stuff, um, and the specs on this make it even better. Because if anybody that's done VR, like there's definitely a resolution problem where it's not great, and it makes it really takes you out of it. Mm-hmm. To where sometimes you can even like see the lines on the screen and like stuff like that. But uh, this looks really cool. Yeah. I think I think PlayStation's leading the way. When it comes to VR, at least on console, um, they seem to at least, you know, 2018 at E3, they had a giant booth dedicated to like six or seven different VR games all running at once, yeah. which was really cool to see. Um, not to mention, I think Facebook had VR at the time, sorry, Meta, um, and there were a bunch of VR booths. So we've seen gradual adoption and, and the hope is, I guess, with PlayStation VR 2 is is maybe we'll see more widespread adoption, more development, and, and more cool stories no, and, I think that, and immersiveness. I think that Nintendo has really been going leaps and bounds with their approach to VR. <laughs> <laughs> Where you have to hold the cardboard up to your face. Yeah, yeah. like, I mean, who doesn't want to experience the world of Breath of the Wild um, with an entire Nintendo Switch strapped to your forehead? No, not even strapped. <laughs> That's true. Not even strap. <laughs> this isn't even a strap. Yeah. No, I agree. I think this is going to be like the next big step probably in ushering in or making VR a little more mainstream, right? I think the Quest 2 was a huge leap in that direction because Quest 2 is like the most, like not even plug and play. It's just play, right? Yeah. Like you just put it on and there you are. Um, from my understanding, this is still going to be wired, right? You have to plug it into the PlayStation in some way, but I, it's going to beat what PSVR currently is. Cause like currently what you need to plug it into that box and then plug that box into the PS4 or five. If you do the five. Yeah. Cause it needs like extra, extra power. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that box also has an extra like graphical processor as well. So it just like the PS4 just needed that bit more of a, of a boost to get it VR ready. One thing that has come out of this that I think is kind of weird is the the lack of backwards compatibility support. 
It's a good um, point. That, you know, I believe at the moment, if you do have that, if is the current PSVR compatible with PS5 or do you need to like break out the PS4 at that point? I th- you know, I'm not can, sure. I think you can on PS5, I right? You, you just can. need the, the camera. Yeah. Because it, it needs that like, because you know, it, it needs, yeah, it needs the specifically lights. the PS4 camera as well. Because yeah. the PS5 camera doesn't work with the PlayStation VR. Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like, again, you know, Sony, you know, I'm, I'm one that, you know, always enjoys being able to go back and play older games. Um, not saying that it's necessary, but it just, it's another one of those weird Sony decisions. Um, then I'm going to guess that there was just some technical limitation having to move away from those PlayStation Move controllers. But I thought play had no limits. No, play definitely has limits you see the the asterisk next to play has no limits oh i thought that was a tm no well, you'll, you'll find a full list of our limitations mm. um the play <laughs> itself has no limits it's how you get to the playing that has limitations right but once you start you the play to... yeah then no limits you know all falls to the wall right yeah and then there's the big the big half-life shaped question in the room of will this be the first time that anything other than a no. PC VR gets half-life Alex? That'd be amazing, but no. You're thinking, no, we're, I mean, we've already seen like people rumoring and leakers coming out and saying that, yes, it's in the works. Yes, there's plans. Um, hear, you know. hear me out. What if instead of that, Valve releases Valve Labo for the steam deck and then you can play the steam deck half-life alex and just hold it up to your face with with a cardboard vr uh mount that's the future i want to live in the steam deck looks like it's going to be a lot heavier than a switch so yeah yeah you're gonna need to like gradually tilting downward it's gonna need a strap that goes like from the front to the back of your head yeah, but then you can then you can buy the steam weight, and the steam weight is literally yeah, just counter- a hunk of lead that you strap to the back of your head. Ah, uh, it's balanced, so it keeps you it keeps you upright. Um, that's be peak careful gaming. on uh, turning left or right; you might break your neck. <laughs> Don't tilt. <laughs> but well, that's why they then they released the whiplash. Well, I was playing VR, and <laughs> that's when they released the steam neck neck brace, right, yeah. to keep everything steady. Genius. Just gonna slowly become like a, a steam branded Iron Man suit. Basically, yeah, we're on our way. We built this out of scraps in a cave. But PSVR two, I think it's gonna be cool. Um, I do think we're probably not gonna hear about it. Like it's we're not gonna be see it before the end of this year. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, Might. Probably not. I don't, I'm guessing like 2023 at least. But uh, what's also cool about it is something like Horizon getting a game for it. it's a known IP because I think that part of the problem with VR is that there's been so many like just new IPs of what nobody's like okay I don't care what is this like there's not a lot of big name stuff in it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what Echo Arena was big. Um, they've had Moss and Moss is getting a sequel. Yep. It was the um, like Firewall? It was like a first person tactical shooter. Like fire team yeah. alpha or something like that. I can't remember. What, I know it started with fire, but now I'm blanking. Yeah. So yeah. it's just neat but, to get a, a bigger IP like Horizon into it. So maybe if we see others, because I mean, I, I think that it's inevitable that VR is going to become a pretty. I, I think it's always going to be kind of niche, but I think it's it's definitely getting much more popular, mm-hmm. and a lot of companies are committed to it. So 
I mean, it'd be interesting to see games like Borderlands VR get ported, and I'm sure that you know, I'm sure that in PlayStation fashion, all of the big PSVR titles will get ported, and will cost ten dollars more to get the newest, latest, and greatest version. Right. As horrible as that is, Skyrim VR. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, just another version. I'll have to update my quiz. I think we're going to see, too, like a more I don't think Horizon's going to be the last, you know, big uh, PlayStation no. exclusive to get a VR component. Right. Like, I'm not going to say like we're going to see God of War VR or anything like that. But, <laughs> you know, we're going to we're going to see more VR come out of like the main first party, you know, studios. I would love to see Sony return think. to Concrete Genie in VR. Mm. That was a very fun, stylized, vibrant game that you could probably do a lot of really neat stuff with the the different graffiti powers if you were in VR. Right. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Uh, We'll just have to see as we learn more, probably next year. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows? Years to come. Yep. Uh, on the Microsoft side of things, uh, they're shutting down the Xbox 360 servers for all the Halo games that are on 360. Pour one out for a real one. Mm-hmm. You can't play as you can't Master Chief on 360 anymore. Well, you can, just not online. Mm. I mean, to be fair, if your 360 hasn't already red ringed by now, um, that's a miracle. Yeah, yeah. that's a miracle. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's. It's crazy to think that it is. But when did the 360 first come out? Like 20. Wasn't it 06? 05 yeah, 06 or 06, 07, something like yeah. that. Yeah. That it's like you know, 15 years later, and they're still like, I had no clue that you could just still load up a 360. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I people, people still... were still playing. Like, it would, the, the community was limited, but people were still playing. Mm hmm. I mean, part of this too, right, is like you would think a lot of people would have shifted over to the Xbox One or series at this point because of the Master Chief or I guess even like Steam, right? Like you can kind of play all of these older Halo games on more modern consoles now if you really want to. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, like if you really want to play a 360 Halo game, you don't need to get your 360 out. You can just plug your disc right into a Series X. Yeah, play has no limits. Boot. <laughs> yeah, got him. <laughs> wow. I wonder what this means for like um, different countries because I know there's certain countries where you know the older tech is the, still the main thing, the big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't even know if they're still running running servers there at all. I'm thinking you know places like Brazil where it's so hard to get new things where they they run a lot of older consoles a lot in their communities. That's I fair. mean it was it was only so not that long ago that they stopped making producing PlayStation 2s because they were still getting bought in the purchased in these, you know, lesser wealthy countries where people were playing were playing it and like the late what even was the Japan last, was still buying them. The last FIFA that came out was like 2018 or something for PS2. It was like something really relatively recent. So I wonder what that means for them. I don't know I don't even know if they're running servers on for Halo for, you know, for outside in those places. No idea. I know they weren't mentioned at all. I just know that's a limitation for them. I mean, I can also probably imagine that, you know, even if they had those servers still running with how little the player base is, I wonder how much those are actually um, 
costing to run. I guess you would still need them in like certain places around the globe for like mm-hmm. latency. I don't know, just um, something I was thinking about because I know that like that's a big thing in in certain parts of the world where like three sixties are still very prevalent. PS twos mm-hmm. are still very prevalent. Like lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm, to me it's like I I do feel bad right when you think about those people who maybe the three sixties are only way to play the game right but then you also have to think from a business side of things like there's a cost to benefit that they're probably weighing like it's not free to keep these servers up right so it's like at some point they have to make that decision and it's just a shame that some people are going to get lost because of it yeah i mean at a certain point it's if your player base is at a certain size it's just not worth it anymore you know from a cost perspective and from a hey move on to the next game perspective i would assume is another kind of i mean it's an inevitability for modern gaming it's (laughs) every everything is going to hit this at some point yeah well and you're seeing a lot too so like og battlefield 2 or battlefront 2 star wars um you've got people standing up their own servers to to still be able to play online um and that ties into gog and there's a couple others that are on gog that have had um, support added over the last year or so. Um, so, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see Halo 2 servers down the line, uh, kind of similar to how you used to connect on Halo 1, where you'd have to kind of connect your PC, and then you would use a program that would link you up with other players around the world. I know for I know for Legacy Halo 1, they've already got it that, you know, if you're on the same LAN as, you know, a different PC, that you can run a program on your PC that will spoof a LAN party mm-hmm. um so to your xbox it'll just be like oh this is another original xbox sitting on the same network as me um i'm gonna connect to that but then just through the power and wizardry of um of people with fantastic skills and the ability to create these kinds of things um you know you're playing with people all over the world but it's you know the original halo from way back in the day Mm-hmm. I mean, Halo 2 was the big one, right? You know, Halo 1 was not really available to be played online unless you had a PC and, and went through all the steps to do it. But Halo 2 was probably very early on in Xbox 360's life cycle, the big online game. Um, Games for Windows Live. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> that good old uh, thing. That I mean, it's still rearing its head in 2021. So It's 2022 now, right? Oh, <laughs> Look, I got my booster shot yesterday. Struggling. Um, <laughs> twenty twenty two. It's still Do you a thing. Get a booster in 2022. shot every day. No, I got one. Uh, oh, I'll just. Okay. Friday. Nothing yeah. seems different. T- today's. <laughs> today. We're wow. recording this on Saturday, Rod. Are you okay? Yeah, I got my booster shot yesterday. I'm so confused at what I'm saying. Other than okay. maybe he's just saying I'm an idiot all the time. <laughs> mm. um, Hey, you got to there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Just prove my point. <laughs> uh, speaking of idiots, should we move on to our final story here? Yes. Uh, battle, Alex battle. announcement, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Battlefield 2042. Um, earlier this past week, uh, the rush mode was removed, which made people mad 
which is a shame because that's the first time people have been mad at Battlefield 2042 since its launch. <laughs> yeah, they've uh, been on a great run so far. It's had a very smooth, no problems, nobody's Successful, angry. yeah. Netcode works great. Best mm-hmm. Battlefield yet. Truly, truly is the best. Uh, and then I think this was on January 7th, the global comms director at EA, Andy McNamara, tweeted out, and this is now, and these are now deleted tweets, but he tweeted out something along the lines of how uh, the Battlefield team just got back from holiday break, and now they're they're working working more on Battlefield 2042, and uh, pe- people were mad. People made ang- angry tweets because the game is kind of broken still and could use some work, but at the same time, it's like it was a holiday break is it really fair to attack people for you know taking some time off at the end of slash beginning of the year who's to say how dare you rest no it's pretty shitty it's pretty shitty it's it's unreal um i mean even the halo devs have taken a a ton of flack for taking time off at the end of the year like i they don't have anything nice to say to people that shit on devs for taking time off um, you know, obviously we're we're a, a safe in our world partner. Mental health is huge, and forcing people to just run themselves into the ground is not good for the game. It's not good for the industry, and it's just it's it's not being a decent person. So if you're an asshole, devs, uh, I'll say it right now: fuck you. Just there's no reason. I get that yeah, you're frustrated a- that they launched the game in the state that it was, but there's no reason there's to a- take it out on the people. Mm. Yeah, there's a fine line between criticizing a game and criticizing the person behind the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's just sad how much it continually comes up as as people are verbally attacked for just because their name is on a product. Um, well, even like people like will hunt down the developer and just hound them on personal Twitters, like asking them questions. Why haven't you fixed this? Why haven't you fixed that? Like just yeah. go through the normal support channels all that doing that does is either a piss off the dev or b get you blocked like you're not going to get anywhere with that kind of behavior um yeah. and it's also, just I mean, unreal that's a game if you think about like you know for any any person out there with a job and you think about all of like the minutiae of the behind the scenes stuff that can get in the way of progress or can slow things down like it's not just a matter of wow why hasn't this dev written you know updated this single bit of code and then hit published and then now the game's working again it's like well you know there's probably daily scrum meetings to figure out the list of priority um well because you have to consider more than one part too i mean in a lot of cases um i mean i have a degree in game programming and it was not easy there's a reason i pivoted i just and i've I've played a lot of video games yeah that's that's (laughs) my uh yeah but I mean, like, I've looked you at a video game one on thing. Twitch. So you're focused on one thing, right? You, you say, okay, this is a problem. We need to fix this. That piece of code is tied into so many other things that if you don't do it right and you don't put the le- the right level of QA in, you fix thing one thing, but you create another. Like, look at, at New World. They, And again, this isn't against the devs. They were having to move so fast to try and keep up with what the community wanted and what the community needed that they didn't have the time to QA. And so you would see them fix a problem, but create another one, fix a problem, but create another one because they were so being so slammed by the community. Like you need to fix this. You need to fix this, that they just couldn't put the time into it that they needed. 
Um, and, and right now, things are not easy for devs. I mean, COVID has definitely changed how workflows work. Um, a lot of studios are still kind of getting used to remote work and and how to improve the efficiency there because it's not the same as walking over to your coworker in the office. Um, you've, you've and I'm got sure to, as well yeah. as we see COVID, you know, wax and wane and and become more of an issue and then not an issue. And these companies are also having to react to that. So, you know, you might also be factoring in like, well, during a single week, it might be that so much time has been spent of like, you know, shifting resources to work remotely, but then back into office, but then maybe half of the office is out because they've caught COVID. Um, or also just the basic stuff like developers need holidays too. If you're if you're sitting at your computer complaining about, well, I've got this whole week off for holidays. Why can't I be playing this game that I want to play that they've broken? It's like, well, because someone else is sitting behind their computer saying, man, I'm enjoying this week off. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, like, I... So I took a gander at the Battlefield 2042 subreddit. I'm sorry. After this story. I know. Thank you. Because um, it, it was the the mods for it threatened to shut it down or like lock it because of toxicity, right? That's how angry some people are being. And what I find so very ironic is there the the folks on that on that subreddit are now kind of playing the victim card by saying the developers are playing the victim card. It's this weird thing That's where, you know, mental gymnastics right there. Yeah. You know, they're, they're saying things like someone reposted this YouTube comment that says thing is, I have not seen any of these supposed death threats or harassment. This sounds like the developers are using those as buzzwords to disregard the mountains of valid criticism being thrown their way. And it's like, I mean, even if you're not seeing the death threats, they might be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they maybe just want you to shut up so they can work on fixing the game and the community manager's well, not having to spend 26 hours a day cleaning up Reddit comments. I think I think this is a, a reap what you sow situation. I'm not going to defend what any of these people have said, but for there's been years and years of um, concerted effort to make this idea of quote-unquote communities for a game where they want feedback, they, they interact with p players that play the game and all this stuff. They, they made it so interlocked that when it gets bad, I'm not, again, I'm not going to defend anything of what these people are doing, but when it, it bites back at them, all of a sudden it's like, ugh, everybody's so awful. It's like, well, I mean, you created this really weird interlocked relationship with people and now you're getting mad when they're mad about something. And let's, and let's be honest, you put out a fucked up product that's broken. And they're eventing that mm -hmm. frustration. They're not doing it correctly. But if anybody has been paying mm -hmm. attention to the past couple of years, people fucking suck. Yes. <laughs> and they're going to say shitty stuff. And it's like poking the nest. It's like you poke the nest and then you get mad that you're stung. And it's like, well, they're fucking mad bees who are pieces of shit. Of course they're going to sting you. Why? Don't hit the nest. Like, <laughs> But you make a good point about how the game launched too, right? Like the beta was terrible uh that was probably the worst beta i've ever played and it was a it almost the entire community was like the game should not release in this in this form you guys have to go back and make changes so that people will you know get the game that they're expecting or, or that they're used to from a quality perspective and from what i understand it didn't change much at all from beta to final version which 
when you've got that that level of feedback, I think at one point it was like 600,000 concurrence on Steam. When you get that level of feedback saying, hey, we're not happy with the state of this game, maybe slow things down a bit. Take a step back and say, okay, what can we do to improve this launch? Does it make sense to delay it again? Because I think that gamers are so used to delays at this point that if you can provide a reason, well, we want to retool this. We want to make this better. You're generally going to get more understanding than releasing a game that just isn't up to your standards. But on you the know? flip side, we've also gotten very used to games getting released in an extremely broken and unfinished state and just it's moving true. along and being fine with it. So many people have been. They still sell crazy, which yeah. is absurd. And that's exactly what they're taking advantage of because Battlefield's one of those you know, yearly release games. So they're going to have one every year. It doesn't matter what. It's It's one of those... Uh, expected profit drivers that they got to have. They got to release this and they get, they expect this amount of money every year from this thing. That's um, a fair point. And I mean, a lot yeah. of it's corporate pushing, right? Oh yeah, exactly. It's, it's, not, like it's a not business. the devs at it's the exact, end of the day. It's, it's not it's... the developers are doing, they don't want to do that. It's, it's, well look at, I mean, everybody was mad about cyberpunk. That's exactly what was happening with them. It was all the, mm -hmm. the suits pushing, oh, we need to get this out because of money, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously it wasn't done. It's the same story. It's like every, every single time I see one of those comments that it's like, Wow, this is so broken. How did QA not catch this? They it's did. like, no. <laughs> no they Dev did. knew about it. QA caught it. Like everything went through the correct process. Um, there was just likely someone else behind saying, eh, does it really matter? And then people would be like, well, the main character is holding his gun backwards. So probably is it me? <laughs> no. It's a feature. Matter. When Push you shoot, it. you shoot yourself. Um Yeah, it's okay. it's it's interesting to kind of think about the business side, right? Too. Um like Battlefield is too large to be allowed to fail. Yep. Yeah. It will fail, but it's too large a thing for them to be able to hold back. There's such a fervent community that they know people will buy. And so they set these milestones and uh, delivery dates, you know, at the start of development to say, okay, we're launching it November or whatever I mean, date it came do out. People like, remember Hardline? They released that. Yeah, I that's don't, true. I don't even remember that, man. I, I forgot about game. that. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see the next couple of years. We've had Cyberpunk. We've had Battlefield 2042. Um, we've had a handful of other games that have just released in not a good space. Well, and then that's also a very interesting thing that we saw with Halo. Yeah. Is that Halo Infinite had enough negative backlash from the Craig trailer to be pushed back a year. But then there was still a push to hit the holiday 2021 timeframe so that we're now waiting for, you know, campaign co-op and like the ability to forge. replay campaign missions, uh, the forge mode. Um, the ability to punch enemies without going through them. <laughs> I'm going to keep harping um, on that. No, 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 no. That's a feature, that's especially a, when oh, Master gotcha. Chief holds the gun towards his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he plays himself. So it's weird that like... Halo, Halo was also a, you know, this is too big, it's not allowed to fail. But it also managed to get into, you know, whatever push happened, happened to be enough to say, okay, we like we do need to get a lot of stuff into a correct state. That they're still left with this. I'm not going to say that it's broken, that infinite is like broken or, you incomplete. know, feature light or whatever. Yeah, incomplete maybe. Um, but it's it's not... It's not the full game that probably fans would have wanted to see at launch, but it's definitely not at that like um, 
you know, rough level that we saw it if it had released December 2020. Yeah, I really would want to know what that would have been like because, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that would have been the Battlefield 2042. That would have been bad. Microsoft is like, yeah. oh, we're gambling our entire console generation on that. If that would have happened, that's what they were thinking. I know that's what. Oh, right. yeah. That, that could have hurt Microsoft a lot but... to have released a year ago. Uh, just knowing what is missing in the current version, it's. I can't even imagine if they had released it that original date, what that would have looked like. Because, I mean, like Stretch said, I mean, it's not an unfinished game. There's just pieces that are missing that mm-hmm. fans have typically come to expect from the Halo franchise. And and there's a you know, big a, difference between un- content that has not been included yet and unplayable or broken stuff. Correct. And buggy and all that kind of stuff. That's a total different I guess thing. that's also, it's like... You know, everything is there in 2042, but the level of shine is not yep. versus not everything is there in Halo Infinite, but the stuff that is there is is pretty good. Except that, yeah. what, Big Team Battle or whatever right now. But we're not, oh, yeah, you can't play Big Team Battle right now. <laughs> well, apparently yeah. you can sometimes, okay, yeah. but not most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think our, it, like, our it's... new writer, Alex, has said that he can sometimes get into games. <laughs> new writer. New writer, yeah, never very been brand before. new to the site. Definitely was not here before. Well, let's let's see if he listens to the podcast too. <laughs> yeah, we'll just. I think every week we pepper a name in and see which staff don't. No, we got to say podcast. something. What, what will make him sad? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, the eighties were the worst. Needler in Halo Infinite sucks. Wipeout's never coming out again. I don't know. I think uh, the Needler's kind of a mixed bag. No one wants to play a new F Zero game. <laughs> I mean, uh, if they oh. did, if they did want to, then Nintendo would have made it by now. Wait, F Zero? You mean that Smash level? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that got that Captain Falcon Smash guy. They're making a game for him. Uh, that's pretty rad. <laughs> they really should Which make a mean, Captain Falcon game. Yeah. Captain we're, we're Falcon all gonna get a Star big Fox? old WTF <laughs> message from him in Slack this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I do want to say about uh, the, the whole Battlefield thing, too, is like, I, I think, yeah, I agree that it's the some of the onus is on the devs, right? Like when or not even the devs, but the business, right? Like when when a game is released in a poor state, you're going to get the feedback, right? Um, and obviously, the people that are on that subreddit are giving that feedback. And I think it's fair for them to be speaking from that place of criticism. But I think there's also like a level of just take a step back and chill for a second. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, is is it really worth getting mad about a shoot of a video game? You know, of all like, I get it. You know, maybe you're really looking forward to Battlefield 2042, but it came out what two weeks after a Call of Duty and a week before Halo. Like, you have so many other things you could have pivoted to, let alone like any older shooters or like I don't know a farming sim. Or <laughs> like there's so many other video games to play, even if 2042 was like, you're a gotti, right? Like you're goatee, you're this is the game I'm going to play this year. You have so many other options that it's not worth getting this angry, frustrated. Sure. Right. Like maybe give some constructive criticism, but to be angry about it all, like, I don't know. It just yeah. feels like a waste of emotional energy. Oh, I get it. A part of it, I think, is a, a mixed messaging for some people is that I think What's really weird and interesting about a lot of the gaming community is that there's so much, like, I guess activism is the right word, or people want to speak out about wrongdoings of some kind. And it kind of goes all kinds of ways, whether you agree with it or not politically. It goes whatever they think is wrong or whatever. It goes both ways. But there's so much of that that I think this gets mixed into that. Oh, there's something 
that I have been wronged, therefore I must say something to help correct this wrong. Because I think mm. that's starting to become very ingrained in the gaming community. Um, it's almost like the self-righteousness that comes out. Investor's fallacy? Not sunk time cost. Not sunk, sunk time fallacy, maybe. Sunk cost fallacy? Like you've invested like, so much of your emotional... Yeah energy yeah, into like it. I've, yeah. I've been watching trailers and i put 60 bucks towards this game so my my voice needs to get heard or on like, how to fix something it like battlefield oh i've been playing battlefield the series forever you know mm, it's my true. the thing or whatever i'm so emotionally invested in this thing that you know and and, if, and like i said if we've learned anything in the past couple years i mean we sh everybody should have known this before but particularly the last couple years there's a lot of people that aren't emotionally aware enough to to handle themselves or treat people correctly or be do the right as thing. a kingdom hearts fan sometimes games just miss and that's okay <laughs> that's that's okay with you that no that just that's just part of nomura's big plan they don't miss mm. we just don't understand it yet yet uh, so it all yeah, comes around for, we're waiting for kingdom hearts 4 recore to explain everything yeah yeah i need the i need some mobile game cutscene to tell me something <laughs> yeah oh my god uh, it all comes well, back to Nomura. It always does. He's a part it, of us. I mean, he's he makes every game. He's got a piece. He's, of, that, he's uh, our silent fifth member of the podcast. <laughs> he doesn't even need to talk. We do it for he's, him. He's smiling and waving to me right now, giving me the thumbs up. Thanks, yeah. Nomura. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, let's move on and talk about some of the games we've been playing. Uh, Anton, do you want to start off? What have you been playing in this, in this holiday break? Uh, First, how dare you take a holiday break? But oh. what have you been playing? I don't remember taking a holiday break. <laughs> I was about to say, did he get to take one? Uh, yeah, I worked Christmas. I was I worked twelve hours on Christmas. Well, there you. Um, do we want to start off on a positive note? Sure. Do you have one positive and one negative? Uh. It sounds like you have two negatives. <laughs> Not two negatives. So okay. So. I was looking for, I saw, I think it was earlier this year, or it might have been even last year, or well, 2021 or 2020, I can't remember when. I played through um, Dragon Quest Eleven, the Definitive Edition, which was mm -hmm. fun as hell. Super long, by the way, but also super fun. Uh, great JRPG. If nobody's played it, I mean, if you haven't played it and you're into those kind of games, like, go play it, because it's a really good time. Uh, so I was looking for something like that-ish, because it was, what I liked about that um is it's pretty chill it doesn't take a lot of attention paid to it you know what I, you know what i mean not like i'm playing a shooter where i gotta pay attention to fucking everything on the screen all the time mm -hmm. kind of a deal and you know it tells a little fun little story so i was looking for something like that so i was looking at old jrpgs to play i played a bunch of them so i was looking at some classic ones and there's uh one i'd always heard about is the what's it overall so what the legend of heroes series or whatever all the trails of whatever bullshit trails, trails of the sky, of the whatever trails of cold steel or whatever and i was like all right so many people i i know several people that are way into these so I was like, i'll give it a go why not it was on sale for like ten dollars the first one so i was like whatever i'll try it uh-oh so i know a lot of people like it and it's a cult hit so i can't i don't want to say it's bad because people like it for a reason but my god I just, I cannot stand it. The writing oh, in it, no. I cannot stand for a second. It's, 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 I, I don't know. It's, it's like a, 
it's like I was in high school and I wrote what I thought was a witty line and then I patted myself on the back for it in that same dialogue. Mm-hmm. That's the feeling I got. And I was like, oh my God. Kind of amateur hour-ish. Well, just everything was just so juvenile. And I was like, okay, I, I can get behind that. But it was also like, uh, way, I don't know. It just felt way more into itself than it should be. Because uh, everybody's saying, oh, that's what's so great about the writing. And there's so much. Like, you'll just stop for a second and you'll have like two minutes of dialogue. If you were just hit there to spam the button through them, it would take you like a minute just to get through all the dialogue options. Like, text back and forth. They talk so fucking much. And it's not good talk. Like it's not good dialogue. To me, to, I, it doesn't. I shouldn't say it's not good. I guess it's. I does not <laughs> bounced off it really hard. <laughs> I was it, like, it doesn't I, speak to you. Not in the slightest. Because uh, I was even like Google. I was like, okay, so what am I not getting here? So I started looking at like quotes for the game that people liked, and I'm like, oh, they liked that. Okay. <laughs> and like, uh, I don't know. Well, stuff stuff like. One of the characters one time, they're like, they like strong arm a guy. They're like having an argument to try to get information out. And it was like a very basic, like, okay, I'll give you this information if you give me this information kind of a deal. And then the guy left. And the other two party members like, man, you might have a career in racketeering with how good you are at that. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like it was that kind of stuff. And I'm like, huh? No, I it's just I tried. The, the, the combat was fine. It was inter- I mean, it's a twenty-year-old game at this point, close to twenty-year-old game. Uh, it does some interesting stuff, turn-based combat stuff. Uh, I was like, okay, I can get into that. I like that, but boy, that dialogue just unbearable. <laughs> Yikes! Just unbearable. I can't. I uh, I really want someone to lay out why they like it to me because I can't fathom it. <laughs> Well, how would you compare it to something like Persona? Um, so because per, like Persona is more part natural. Of me is like, okay, this is like it's constantly trying to say the witty thing, but not a lot. Like most of the time, like it's trying to do that. Like, and what I say all the time, I mean literally like every fucking time, it's trying to say something like that, and it's like. This isn't witty. There's nothing do you think there. It's, do you think it's like trying to stretch the word limit kind of thing? Uh, like you know, they're they're trying to they're trying to say three sentences where one sentence could suffice, so that they need to like flow in with more. No, uh, like the publisher said, this script needs to be three hundred thousand words before you can publish it. Oh, then they probably could have got rid of a third of their dialogue if that's what they wanted. <laughs> Just the. the they're they're doing it like pay per word. Yeah, I don't know. It's just <laughs> like you get fifty cents per word written now. Just start and it's like, well, time to flower this up. What's you know, get, high school style? Get the people like it, but not for me. Mm, Anyhow, fair. so yeah, I guess if you're talking about persona, persona just much more natural, felt more realistic of stuff. Where this was just it was felt very forced and did not accomplish what. Well, apparently it did with some people accomplish what it wanted to do, but not for me. Was not enjoying it <laughs> at all. Fair. Like I, yeah. I, I was, I, I gave it a good trial. It's like, all right, these kind, of, they're like children, let like they're young people. When you know, maybe st- like shit happens to them. Like, okay, they'll stop being so. No, doesn't stop. And then I googled it. I was like, okay, does it ever change? Like, do I get? Does this get better for me? <laughs> Can I escape this? <laughs> no, it's like that the whole time. So that's when I was like, Yeesh. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I will not put myself through this. 
Because uh, it's such a so long series. Saying is that, yeah. What you're saying is that you won't be talking about how much you've been playing this no, game next I, week. I will <laughs> never talk about it again. <laughs> except to say, except in desperation to try to understand what people like about it. That means that we're gonna get the we're gonna get the angry messages from Courtney about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. It's okay. We're just, just gonna. Wrap I guess up. I see. When I was thinking about talking about this. this, I didn't intend to be this hard on it. But God, I hate it so much. <laughs> it's like the more you talk, the more you realize. I'm more, like, I sent something to my friend on Discord. I was like, I can't. I was like, why? Oh, I hated it. I don't know. I've not, I've not had this much like what this is so awful reaction in a long time. Um, mm. Anyway, so then I went and looked for another one. I mean, it's really hard to get JRPGs like find them. Uh, like so many of them never made it to PC and stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? Like the older older ones. Um, other than like obviously the big Square Enix ones, those are all on PC more or less. But uh, so I tried. Uh, so I went. I went with Tales of Arise to give that a try. And I am playing that now. And uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for it to <laughs> click. Okay. I'm not. I'm not hating it. I just killed a uh, Balsack. I mean Balsef. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That guy, <laughs> the, first, the first big boss. Yeah. Whenever they say it, I'm always like, Are they saying Balsack? No, Balsef. <laughs> so I mean, they say a bunch of weird stuff. And like, why are monsters called Zoogles? Like we didn't need that. It just makes it. It makes me cannot take this seriously now. I was like, oh, I'm gonna go look at all these zoogles. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> it's like how Back for Blood, like they're ridden. Exactly. Zombies, Why do we know? need like... that? I don't need that. I don't need all yeah. of these zoogles when it's a fucking wolf. Oh, it's a wolf. It's just called a fucking wolf. Why you gotta got a zoogle? No, that's a type of zoogle. Yeah. What? Like, why are we He's doing so this? Mad. I just, uh, uh, this is what I both love and hate about Japanese games. They do this mostly. Like, Japanese devs like to do this stuff. Like, we need to give this its own name and thing and then describe, give it a definition. And it's like, that's just like, that's a tree, man. Just call it a fucking tree. <laughs> like, they do that kind of stuff. But it's also yeah. why I love them because it's so weird. <laughs> this is. <laughs> we'll, we'll learn in like two years that it's really just that on booting up the game. On accidentally said it to the wrong language. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing it in German. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> no. How are you, how are you finding the dialogue in? Because I think Tales of is also a very dialogue heavy. It's pretty dialogue heavy series. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's nothing outstanding about it so far to me. Mm. Seems fine. I mean, seems fine. Everything seems very tropey so far for Japanese J JRPG stuff or anime stuff so far. I'm like, oh, okay. Like in the first minute, I got the super powerful anime waifu with me now. Like <laughs> that, all of yeah. them seem to have. Uh, yeah. You've got the anime waifu. You've heard the prophecy that you're going to save the world, and you're on your way to to go and retrieve uh, somewhere between three to seven crystals. Ha! You have not played this game, have you? <laughs> I have not. No. You're not but too far it. off, but. <laughs> You got it. Yeah. It's 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 five MacGuffins. That's right. Oh, my bad. I probably I probably could have saved myself and not gone as hard in with the idea yeah. of crystals. But um, yeah, that's fine. I'll take that. Yeah. No, but I'm enjoying. I mean, that's it's like it's the, fun. The, the combat space on the JRPG bingo board. Mm -hmm. Combat's fun. It's not what I was looking for. I wanted a bit. I don't know something ch more chill with turn based stuff. But I was like, whatever. I'll give it a go. 
it's pretty neat. Uh, I'm not. I have to get to the the. I don't like how the controller's laid. I think I have to. I'm gonna have to mess with the key bindings. It's just not clicking with me. I'm getting more frustrated. If you want to play it, a that's pretty good interesting slash weird JRPG with a really awesome combat system, you should check out the Last Remnant. I know um, of the it's Last a, Remnant. It's a Square Enix one. It's pretty much a Final Fantasy game, but the combat is super cool, super unique. The, that you like build up squads. Just the Wii one. Um, no, uh, I'm thinking of something on Wii. It's, it was on the. Uh, 360 and PC originally. Okay. Yeah, I think you can still get it via Steam. Um, Someday, but that was a cool one. Oh, and it's also on Switch. They ported it to Switch like last oh, year. There you go. Yeah, I I think Tales of uh, Tales of Arise specifically, right? I think that first arc you just finished. Yeah. it's very like it's super on the nose. Oh, it's, uh, it like definitely. Slave, it's very like slavery is bad and all that, right? Yeah. Like it's just. Uh, you know, it, it's not delicate about any of that. Um, uh, so but I think as well, I'll just say, yeah. you've said stuff, and I've read stuff. But people like, I'm hoping to see more because I'm just now getting out of there. Like I just killed that dude, and I'm moving into the snowy world place. Almost said world, but region. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think as you get all six party, like because the the best part of the game is the party members. I think those characters are brought to life really well. Yep. And then it's through them that you explore more of the themes in the game that get a little like it's it's not, you know, uh, like it's not classic literature or anything. Right. Yeah. Like it's not going to blow your mind, but it gets better. I'll say that. Well, uh, not, uh, nothing has been like bad so far, but it's just been very expected. Like, OK, I've, I've been no, through I'm, the motions. I of distinctly this remember you saying that you hated it. Uh, trails it, words, I said exactly. trails not tails and if trails of anyone <laughs> and if anyone wants to um send him death threats then uh you know what's your twitter handle again you know what yeah, go ahead i need that. some spice in my <laughs> life i don't care <laughs> uh hey rut what have you been playing uh so like pretty much everyone else i am super into the witcher right now um uh, finished season two i'm on book five or six um and so i, I had 12 days off at the end of the year played a boatload of witcher i think i played like 65 hours or something um what is still that? not is through velen though is that like an um, indie game or something what is that very small um you okay. probably have not heard of cd project red not they haven't released Velen. anything notable in the last two years so i mean that's actually correct yeah <laughs> i mean it's notable but not in like the good way no yeah. cyberpunk was 2020 December 2020 so it's that's within two years thank I, you he wasn't doing you the son year of thing. a bitch <laughs> but yeah I'm having a great time to answer Stretch's question in Slack no I have not turned on the Henry Cavill mod um, <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean it's it, for people that, that enjoy just kind of a good role to explore and um, do side quest after side quest after side quest after side quest. Uh, That's where the game is. It scratches that. That's the it, best it part really of the game. It really is, though. Like, some of the best the main parts story of the game is, are the is pretty quests. standard fair fantasy bullshit. It's the side yeah. quests where the game lives. Mm-hmm. Yep, you, um, get your, you get your prophecy, and then you meet your waifu, and then you have yeah, to go find and the find the crystals. three to seven crystals. Yeah. <laughs> Witcher is a JRPG. Yeah. And then there's just challenging literally everyone to Gwent. Mm-hmm. side quest yeah. nah gwent yeah yeah see a round of gwent i think it's really cool that they put you know that that entire game gwent it's cool that they put that, that in they the put witcher that in there. yeah, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. it's just really nice of them to do that yep 
Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy. See, they already made a that. game after the show. Yeah. 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 That was quick. Unreal. Um, and then I've been playing since there's no embargo right now. Um, Anacrusis, which is a new um, one of those co-op Left shooters. Left for Dead like. Left for Dead like. It's it's basically if Left for Dead and Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Trek, the original series had a baby. Like it's just sweet retro 70s uh, like sci-fi you know, I think vibes. Kirk would have tried to make a baby with someone from Left 4 Dead mm-hmm. I have nothing to say to that um, <laughs> that is okay um, that, don't, don't act like he wasn't well known for that that's when, when you you find the secret item in Left 4 Dead that's a, a magical flute that then gives him flashbacks to his previous life on yeah. Earth and I'm everything. Saying, That's that mod, I'm right? I'm saying that Kirk's, uh, you know, he's well known to he just he bangs everybody, everything that moves. Yes, but you're talking about making babies. It left for debt. There's a lot. Wrong anyway, with that Warcraft statement. three thumbnails. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Anacrusis. No, but uh, yeah. Anacrusis, right? But yeah, Anacrusis, it's good. Um, it's it's scratching the itch that Back for Blood failed to do for me. These specials are actually like you remember them. They actually have quick. Their, what's one of their names? Uh, the Flasher. There you go. All right, I didn't believe you. Uh, <laughs> which really? is literally just one that does he wear a trench he, coat? <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he basically just has this huge field of light and it blinds you until you take him down. Which if you've got a brute, also like charging you and you can't see jack shit like it's actually a really good um kind of rememberable combo and the ai director is really really good um it's very good so like you'll start a uh an episode and you're just like smashing everything in your path and then the ai director's like "Mm, not anymore um and it dynamically scales we're like left for dead I, i believe you could change the difficulty that you were going up against, there is no difficulty in Anacrusis. Maybe they'll add one, but I feel like the AI director does a really good job of scaling based on either the number of players or like how you're progressing along each episode. That I never felt unchallenged, except for like early on when you're you're kind of uh, starting up and the AI director is getting used to how you're playing. Um, That's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really really good, um, and it, it's coming out on Games Pass. Um, on the 13th, um, which is a Thursday, weird day to release a game. But um, so if you're looking to scratch that Left 4 Dead itch and, and try something new, there's three episodes right now, which is about uh, maybe like four and a half hours of content if you just play through it all. Um, but again, with the AI director, every single playthrough is a little different. Um, the perk, there's these little like matter, matter compilers that you run up to, you interact with them and then they give you a perk so mm. it's similar to back for blood except for you you don't have like a, a deck it's just you walk up to it it's got three random perks and and you can kind of build your play style the way you want the grenades are interesting like there's a stasis grenade that'll slow things down and there's a vortex grenade that sucks them in and blows them up um and some other stuff it's I'm I'm really digging it. It's it's one that I kind of keep going back to, even solo, just to kind of explore. Are any of the upgrades or perks like perpetual across um, play sessions? It's across an entire episode. So an episode okay. is usually comprised of three to five levels, 
for the most part, depending on which one it is. And each level has two to three matter compilers that you can find. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I know that we've had what World War Z now and Back for Blood both kind of had that idea of like building up a character. But this sounds a lot closer to traditional Left for Dead, but with, I guess, a, a roguelite element, I would say, would be like the random perks. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's fun, especially with friends. Um, I, I've talked to a couple other people, and I'm glad that the consensus is that Lance, as an AI, is just a dumbass. Um, <laughs> you will just, like, you'll be like, where the fuck is Lance? And he's just, like, over jumping up and down on a fucking chair. <laughs> like, what the shit? Um, and it's always Lance, every single time. Um, so I don't know if the developers intended that, but it's, it's hilarious to me that every time you're wondering where an AI is or what they're doing, it's fucking Lance. So that means now whenever you boot up the game listeners and you're going to play as Lance, just got to jump up and down in a corner and trick everyone into thinking you're an AI. Well, that is one weird thing. So the way you can't actually choose which character you play right now. So you, it's based on the order in which you join the party. Um, so it's a set Hmm. order. Um, and Lance is the last one. So again, I think they were intending it. They're like, if three people are playing, yeah, they get that dumbass AI named Lance. Mm. Um, and I hope he's the Ellis of yes, yeah. Um, and his voice lines are ridiculous too. So it's just it fits. Nice. Um, yeah. Poor Lance. Poor Lance. <laughs> uh, Stretch. What have you been playing? I'm. I've been. You know. In. In my tabletop gaming life i've been gearing up for a next huge section in the dungeons and dragons campaign i run so all of my free time has gone into planning that and figuring out story beats and stuff so really the most gaming i've done this week is my daily play of wordle um which i have been slowly drawing everyone from tech raptor into i think first day first two or three days of playing I was the only one that posted in Slack. And now we're to the point where we have at least eight people posting their Wordle scores and telling about, you know, well, my dad got this or my wife got this. And um, that's just been a fun, a fun thing to be playing. I absolutely love that it is a mobile game or like something that I can, can do on like in terms of gaming that does not require my constant attention. It is just like pop in in the morning get it done in like you know 10 minutes and pop out and then like that's it it's actually it's a game that has left me craving for more i kind of wish that there was like three or you know five ones that you could do in a day um but that's really what i've been doing gaming so um listener if you thought you could escape wordle off of twitter facebook or any other medium that you're currently on tough shit (laughs) <laughs> can can I ask a question I've been afraid to ask? What what is Wordle? So it is a game that every day you go to the website, you can just Google Wordle and it'll be the first link and there is a random word of the day. It's a five-letter word and you have six attempts to guess it. Um you with each guess, it will tell you if that letter does not is not in the word at all if that letter is in the word but in the wrong place or if that letter is in the correct place. Oh, okay. So it's like, you know, I always start with the word Ouija, O-U-I-J-A, because it knocks out the majority of the vowels um, and that can really immediately like help whittle down 
what what board you have remaining and like the on-screen keyboard tracks as well to like let you know which words like which letters you can't you know you shouldn't be including mm. um and so like there's no prompt there's no guess like there's no question there's no like hint or anything um i'll just like put in ouija first and see what vowels i have if they're in the right or the wrong place and then you just make those six guesses and uh if you get them awesome if you don't get them you know whatever and the the sharing of it is so smart that every time you see those stacks of blocks that people share on Twitter or you've seen the ones in Slack, if it's gray, that's a letter that hasn't come through. The The yellow is the right letter, wrong place. So it's like you can show people your process, um, but it doesn't spoil anything. Mm. So it, it's it's a puzzle game. It's like a, a daily, daily puzzle you can play that it's you can then like wheel of share fortune. and show off. Yeah, I because I, I do recognize or like mastermind kind of. Yeah, because I recognize that like it's a very social thing right now, right? Like it, that's I feel like that's the biggest part of it is like being able to show off to your friends, like yeah, here's what I did, or even like talking through different people's processes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know my wife always uses the word early first because that will like knock out a bunch, and it also. You know, if it doesn't have that Y at the end, then there's so many words that have a Y at the end that it's just like, well, we don't need to worry about any of those. And it's kind of how do you whittle down your alphabet? Right. Uh, And then like the I've only completely missed a word once before and it was a word I'd never heard of and I've immediately forgotten. So I guess this invalidates the next thing I'm going to say, but it's like that was an opportunity for me to look up a word. But the fact that it hasn't, <laughs> hasn't stuck with was me. Was it the it one that it was uh, banal? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> banal. Um, banal? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it's well, banal. So okay. lacking in originality as to be obvious and boring. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's it's fun. It's five minutes out of my day and there's, you know, there's no way that I can hit you know, feed me another pellet or anything. Um, and so I just move on with my day. I hate it's all of you so much. Rut's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so tired of looking at these banal memes. <laughs> Kids these days with their banal memes. Uh, you know, Stretch, I commend you for trying to just soldier through all the rest of us. Wordle is great. It's a, I just didn't want to touch Rut's banal, so I figured I'd move on. It's like, I think that the greatest part about it I is I can't get away from it because my wife makes fun of me for how I pronounce everything, too. Because I just make an assumption. Whether I know it or not, I just fucking go for it. Hey, Rut, have you tried oh. getting good uh, at speaking? Banal joke. This is this is also why we don't let Rut edit. <laughs> well, you know, that's just reading. He doesn't have to pronounce the words. Either. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. It's hard to fuck well, up what pronunciation on a, uh, yeah. on a guide. Yeah. A guide, I think it's how it's called. Guide, yes. Yeah. Um, it's an I've... Italian guy, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> I've been playing Wildermyth. Um, I know a lot of people were talking about it last year. Like, as people have been wrapping up their Game of the Year stuff, I've heard Wildermyth come up from a few people. So I was like, okay, let's check this out. Um, have any of y'all played this or heard of it? I know of it, nope. but I have not played it. Okay, so it's um, it's like a tactical RPG at its core, right? You know, there's the grid. You can attack people, use spells. 
all that sort of stuff. It's like if you played Final Fantasy Tactics, you have a good idea of what this game probably plays like. But the real hook of it is there's no like that's the main character. There's no like cloud, you know, there's no Tifa or anything like that. It's you kind of randomly generate characters and you can get into the nitty gritty and like, I'm going to name them this and they're going to be like this and this is their background. But they're randomly generated. The personalities are randomly generated. And then you choose a campaign and there are like five of them. But then all of the events between the large events are randomly generated too. But they're all played off of how your character's personalities would react to these things. And then you make choices, et cetera, et cetera. So essentially every campaign you play is going to feel a little bit different. And you have to make these choices that can change kind of everything. Like by the end of one campaign, I had a character who early on touched like a fire beam, a fire like shrine. And then by the mm -hmm. end of the campaign, like two of her arms were fire. Like she couldn't use weapons, but she could shoot fireballs and punch people with fire fists. Ooh. Just because that's what it is. It feels like a D&D &D campaign that you didn't create, that the AI created for you. And it has that same energy of like, I had these characters, you know, I started when they were like 18 years old and just learning how to fight. And now like, you know, that guy 68, he's retiring and like his son's taking up the mantle as time is going on and stuff like that. And it's just really fascinating to see how this game is pulling it off. Like it's like trying to figure out a magic trick in a way, like how they're they're making all these, you know, narrative Legos, I guess, work. That sounds super cool. So yeah. is it like a one run is going through a campaign with these heroes or do they like die off and you get a new one in this world or you start over? Um, I haven't had anyone like die, die yet, but when, well, so when or someone like, like get, yeah, well, some retire and they might have a kid, like either there's like inter-party romance or like they just, you know, cause every, like, so every campaign is like, yeah, sometimes they captain Kirk it. Right. Um, cause the campaign is like three to five, chapters but between each chapter 10 to 12 years pass so that's how your characters get older and have kids and so on um so that's why when they retire when they reach retirement age like they, they do this thing where okay let's say that guy retires but he was really close with this party member and because of that that party member gets like a share of the experience points from the retire the person retiring mm -hmm. And you get to choose. So is it like, was it, you know, that he raised his daughter really well? Or was it that he was just besties with this person? Or was it that, you know, they sh shared this hardship and struggle that forged a bond that couldn't be broken? Like, it's all that sort of stuff, right? That's just so, you know, it feels really oddly rich in storytelling without actually being scripted in a weird way. Because it's all random. It sounds like one of those like legacy tabletop games um yeah. that, you know you'll go through and like you'll play a session with people and it could be like a very rpg kind of or ttrpg driven system but then you know the the character that you play in round one will be the great 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 grandfather in round you know of the character from round seven but then a choice that you made in round three will affect the layout of the dungeon that you're currently exploring that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's um, a lot I'm like gonna, that. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, and and the art is really cute. It, it's very like pop up book style. So like when you're going through the 
the the tactical stuff like it's not a tree it's like a paper cut out of a tree that's standing up stuff like that <laughs> paper mario meets dnd pretty much yeah <laughs> i don't know it's it and there is a little bit of that legacy thing you're talking about too because like I, I finished a few campaigns so you can like in the next one you can hire older party members hmm. like if you have enough resource and they do the thing where it's like oh hey you're that legendary folk hero or whatever like that sort of thing so that's cool yeah so if you're really into like that that free-flowing tabletop rpg idea right of like the story can go anywhere it can be anything characters can die at any moment but characters can also mutate or you know turn on each other at any moment that sort of thing <laughs> i would check out wildermyth it's really cool and it's only 25 bucks on steam mm -hmm. yeah. is it on any other platform I believe the developers want to get it on Switch uh, within a year, but okay, you know, no, no yeah, no from that dates. Uh, this is going to be one hell of a Switch game. Yeah, I like that or Steam yeah. Deck. If you're getting a Steam Deck, it'd probably be really good for that too. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good stuff. And I think that wraps up our uh, our first record like we recorded this episode in 2022 so this is kind of our first 2022 episode um we, we hope you enjoyed it. we did it we hope you enjoyed the show and if you did feel free to rate review us or subscribe if you haven't already uh if you're on youtube you know hit hit subscribe there hit the like button and you know let us know down below how's your 2022 starting what's the first game you played in 2022 let us know yeah, make it better than trails in the sky please hopefully it's better i finished guardians of the galaxy as my first 2022 game nice that was a good That's way a good to start, start the year that is a good start probably better than trails um we'll probably if about. you want if you need any more reviews features news etc you can check out techraptor.net where we're always posting content there or if you just want to keep it here on the podcast feed we will be back next monday see ya <laughs>